Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. I want to welcome those who joined us earlier on our streaming channels, YouTube, Facebook, and um, we welcome you. I don't believe it was an accident that you tuned us in today, or whenever you tuned us in. It might be weeks from now, or months. We get people contacting us. Had somebody contact us from, uh, I don't know, southwest Ohio. Alex might know where this is, in Piqua. And uh, it's down near, down below Dayton, I, from what I understand. I found it. It's there. And uh, But anyhow, if you're watching today, we welcome you back from Piqua and uh, other places that may be local, might be somewhere in Stowe or Ravenna or Talmadge or Akron. But we're glad, I'm glad everybody that's made it today is here. I want you to know you're welcome and that we have really, really prayed for each one of you to, to just be here today. It's an answer of prayer that you're here. It really is. And um, we never know what our answer is going to look like or when our answer is going to come, right? When we pray. But did you know that you're an answer to prayer? So let us be an answer to your prayer as well. Let us help you. Uh, you can reach us through our Facebook, our YouTube channels, um, our website, thelightingkent.com. So anyhow, I wanted to welcome you. My name is Larry Knoll, and this is The Light in Kent. So it's so good to have you here. We have been investigating and working through three weeks. This is the final week of study about, well, it's kind of a balance in life type thing. There's just so many demands on us, so many things that are stressing us, taking us to the limits anymore. I felt like not preaching about what I was going to preach about and planned on doing weeks or months ago and changing it up to talking about the rhythms, the rhythm of our life that we need to really look into. Uh, there's, I mean, we have to work, we have to rest, and we need to worship, okay? Really, those three things are kind of components of our life. I mean, we have to work if we want to eat, rest if we want to keep going, and worship to glorify God and strengthen our relationship with Him. So all these things are needed physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And trying to balance all three is the real trick. It's the challenge. So instead of balance, we said a couple weeks ago, let's look at it, in a diff- at it in a different way. And let's look at the rhythm of these things versus trying to get you know, equal amounts of each because it's almost impossible. So let's just find the rhythm of these. And we talked about how Warren plays the drums back here. And he doesn't think about it. He doesn't, you know, I mean, he just does it. He finds this rhythm. He's not worried about, do I have too much bass? Do I have too many cymbals going? Do I have enough snare? He looks for the rhythm. It fits in, you know, and he creates the, he doesn't fit in, but he creates the basis for our songs. And then we build on top of that. And so Warren knows these rhythms. There's I don't know, probably four or five different rhythms that we use when we do this and when we do our music, and he creates these. So, you know, he's got bass, snare, cymbals, tom-toms, what, 
other stuff. Sometimes he has dog, uh, whistles and things. No, I don't know. There's other things that he can do. On These are electronic, you know, and you can pretty much do what you want to with them. He creates a rhythm, okay, and automatically these things come into balance. So we want to glorify our God by being good stewards of our abilities, of our talents. And that's where work comes into place. We talked about work the very first week, worshiping through work. And last week we talked about rest, so it's good. We talked about work, then we get to rest. We all like rest. We found out how important rest is, and it's actually ordained of God. God created rest for us. He even showed us, even though he doesn't really require rest, he set the example, didn't he, when he created this world, when he created this entire universe, and he made a day of rest for himself to show us how important that is, that he wanted us to do the same thing. So rest is this gift. If you've ever been on a big project that's, you know, tremendous, it wears you out, you know rest is a gift, don't you? You know, Warren, Sophia, with this little beautiful Amina, you know, they're finding out how much rest is a gift. I know Warren, back in the days before baby, you know, he probably took it for granted. He could get his rest, and you can't get your rest when you want to now, you see, and you get it when you can, so it's a gift. Today, I want to talk about the last part, work, rest, and worship. So, worship I want to talk about it as an integral part of our life. In other words, integrated worship is what I want to talk about. And when I put this up, I didn't realize it could sound like a sermon on race relations, you know, integrated worship, you know, because back in the day, there wasn't such thing as integrated worship, right? Back in the day, blacks and whites, people of color, white people, they didn't worship together. But that's not what this is about. After I put it up, I went, I never thought about that, Okay. So that's not what this is about, but it's that worship should be integrated into every part of our life. That's what this is about. It should not be segregated from some parts of our life. Everything that we do, the things that we're involved with, our work, our play, we can find worship in each one of these. And you say, that's just taking a little bit. That's a little crazy, Larry. It's just a little crazy. Well, we can worship God through our working and our resting. And we can also worship him in all the other things in our life that maybe aren't exactly working or resting. We already established the fact working and resting is a part of our worship because we're glorifying God through those things. We're doing the things that God created us to do, that he's gifted us to do. And we're also resting, which is that gift. So we're Take advantage of the gift that God has given us. But then there's the times of worship. I think that I think a lot of us Christians struggle with. We struggle with that rhythm, the steady rhythm of worship in our daily lives. I like to I like to know that I have a purposeful time of worship with the Lord that on purpose I know there's those spontaneous times that come along and it's good. Have you ever just a song, you hear a song and it touches your heart and just like, oh, I've heard the song a bunch of times, but today it's just, I entered in while driving or, you know, listening on my, my, what are those called? Those ear things. Okay. 
Maybe I just spontaneously. But there's times I want to know that I've taken time out purposely. Because God has met me in my places and what I'm doing. But I want to meet God, you see. I want to meet him. And, but I want you to know that God is not limited to certain times or certain places. Okay? So it almost sounds like, gosh, you know, what's God talking about? He's saying, well, we can worship God anywhere, but we should have this purposeful time. Maybe we should have certain places, but it's not limited to certain times and certain places. See, I hate to tell you this, but this is like how God works. You can't go, God, there you go. You fit right into this part of, you know, here you are. This is the God part of my life. See, he doesn't fit like that. And when we think that worship is only certain activities, like today, like Bible study, like church, morning devotionals, I think we miss the real thing about worship and that it's all about God. It's not about places, is it? It's not about times. It's not about circumstances. So... First thing is, worship can be done at all times and all places. It's integrated into our schedule. It should be integrated into our schedule. I like this time because this is with you. You can't. You are not able to show up anytime I need you and your presence to be there like God can. So that's why this is great. I like to be with you, and I need you. There's time. I need this time with you. It's important to me. God moves through you to me and me to you. It's amazing. But I want you to know God's not limited by those things. So this is not the only place. Is this am I muddy in the waters or is this are you getting this? OK, I hope so. John four twenty three to twenty six. So let's look at what happened when Jesus had this kind of conversation. John four twenty three to twenty six. Jesus is meeting. This woman, she doesn't know she has an appointment with him, but he has he knows he has a divine appointment with her. He went out of his way to make sure he and the disciples went to Samaria because he knew she was going to be drawing water from the well at a different time than the Jewish ladies because she was Samaritan. She was a mixed breed, if you will. Okay, Samaritans were looked down. They had kind of a mixed bag of their religion. It was a little bit of, of um, you know, Judaism and mixed in with some other things. Okay, and so the Jews really did not like them at all. There's a lot of prejudice there. But Jesus, he didn't care about that, did he? Jesus accepts everybody. Isn't that right? He accepted me. All right. So if you got me. Then he'd just about take anybody. And so he goes out of his way to meet this woman. He knows she's going to be there. And he meets her at the well alone, which is a big no-no. Okay? As far as social norms, that was not a good thing. Jesus didn't care about that kind of stuff. So he's having this conversation with her. And listen to what he says, and we'll talk about it. Yet a time is coming... And has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is a what? God is spirit. Say that. Spirit. All right. 
and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, well, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Isn't it funny? The Messiah is right in front of her. And she goes, well, I know the Messiah is coming. You can say what you want to, but when he comes, he'll straighten all this out. And he says, well, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Can you imagine? Either that made her laugh or that floored her right then and there. She was like, the Messiah? <laughs> I don't think so. Earlier in the text, though, what we didn't read was the Samaritan woman was talking to Jesus about this long-standing controversy that they had, okay, between the Samaritans and the Jews as to where worship was supposed to be rendered. Where do we worship God? We worship him, you know, in Jerusalem. Do we worship him up over here on this mountain, Mount Gerizim? And so there was this controversy, you know, which even just made the whole thing between the Samaritans and Jews even tougher. And Jesus is like, I don't, you know, no, we're not talking about location. Do you understand what I'm telling you, woman? Okay. That the external location does not matter. Worship was spiritual in nature because God is what? Spirit. Thank you. God is spirit. So he is not limited. We are limited. I can maybe get a text from you. I can get a call from you. We can connect through FaceTime or, you know, us tube or whatever's out there. Okay. <laughs> I do that on purpose. I'm not that stupid. Okay. But it's not the same. It's not the same. I like meeting, you know, every every week we've been meeting with the leadership through YouTube. But once in a while we go to Bob Evans. I love that meeting. Now, not only because there's food, but I'm with the I'm with the men. OK, I'm with them. And there's just a difference. Something happens when I'm in their presence. And and, and I love that. OK, it draws us closer. Well, that's what we want. We want God's presence. So we see here that Jesus is saying externals, external motions of worship don't matter. Your location is not important. The way you dress, the way you meet, the times of day, whether it's Saturday or Sunday, none of that matters. None of that pleases God or upsets him. I love that God is just bigger than our rules and our regulations, our church stuff. The things, you know, I mean, there was a day I remember not that long ago, less than 15 years ago, we had a church picnic, right, at this church I was at. And um, so I just figured, well, right after where we're going to the picnic. So I wore jeans with a sport coat and a tie. But I wore nice jeans. They were they even had a crease in them, guys. That's how nice they were. OK. And they look good. They look better than these. OK. They look better than these dockers or whatever these are. OK. And some woman got so bent out of shape that I had wore jeans. She's the only one that noticed. Pastor didn't even notice. And he had an eagle eye. He didn't even notice. She had to bring it to his attention, of course. And, of course, then, you know, it was like the worst thing I'd ever done. I wore jeans that's not showing respect in the pulpit. And I was like, man, help me, Jesus. Okay. 
That wasn't that long ago. All right. I want you, you know, I want you to know it's not the way we dress. It's not where we meet this. Hey, they used to make chip chopped ham right where I'm standing. Do you realize this is a Lawson's? This was a convenience store. Over there was the coolers with the big O, you remember? Roll on, big O. You get your orange juice over there, your chip-chopped ham over here, and you check out right over there where that green chair is. After that, it, it was a, a curves, you know, exercise ladies, all right? There used to be bars all along here. Hello, okay? It's a church because we make it a church. We come together, okay? It doesn't matter. We can meet in a garage, and it become church. We can meet, and we've done that. We've met in strange places, and it's just church. We're going to be singing downtown in all of our Charles Dickens outfits in a few weeks, downtown for the Festival of Lights. Every year they invite us to do that. That becomes our church for about 30 minutes, doesn't it? You know why? We're... We don't. We do sing Jingle Bells. We do sing Santa Claus is Coming to Town because that's by request. But then we sing all the songs about the birth of Jesus and the songs, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, Silent Night. People love it because it's Christmas songs. But we, when we meet here before we go down there, we're praying, God, this is the gospel message. And let us Tell the gospel message. So that becomes church down there. We sanctify that place as soon as we show up and we begin to talk about, sing about Jesus. Isn't that great? So where we meet, how we look at, how we look, what time of day, it doesn't matter. Okay? None of that, I don't think, makes any difference to God. Because worship is not a time or a place, but it's integrated to every location. If God is everywhere, and he is, he's omnipresent, then I can meet with him. I can worship any place. Did you ever have a New Year's resolution? It's coming, guys. You're going to do it. I know you. You're going to make a New Year's re resolution on something. And you do really good for a couple of weeks. For a couple of weeks, you like, you're, you're like, yeah, every day. Or you know, whatever, you know, your exercise or the way that you're eating or, you know, your Bible study time. Yeah, this is a different year. 2023. I'm, mm, you're going to see a new me. And you do really good for like uh, several weeks. And then, you know, let's say you join Planet Fat. I mean, fitness over here. OK, <laughs> and you get over there and they closed that day. OK, they were closed. And you go, oh, that's right. Today they're not open or today it's short hours or whatever. You know, it's a holiday and you're all you got your stuff on. You got them spandex leggy things on, you know, and you're ready to go. You're going to lift weights. Or you're going to do the treadmill or whatever it is that you're going to do. And so you get back in your car and you're a little bit bummed and you go, but Mike's place is open. <laughs> and they have like great pancakes and bacon. And you go over there. Now, that's strange to me that you are going, you were in the mindset of working out. You were going to go fulfill that, you know, New Year's resolution. And you end up going out to eat instead and going the opposite direction with your body. Okay? Or maybe you headed over here to Dairy Queen or Katie's Corner or something like that. 
You know, you could have just gone to the park. Right over here is a park. You could have gone to Plum Creek. They have a walking track. Do you know they have exercise stations? I'm just helping you. Just helping you in case your workout, you know, ever gets canceled. You can go. There's an alternative if you really wanted to do it. Or like me, you could go home, get out your ancient Wii, turn it on and do the Wii Fit thing on the little stepper deal. Okay. I'm trying to tell you, exercise is not confined to the gym. You could exercise anywhere. I used to make monthly contributions to that place over there. Okay, because I didn't go. I just called them contributions. I made donations to Planet Fitness. But see, exercise is not confined to the gym. There's sometimes we take walks. Sometimes we go bike riding. Sometimes we go on a hike. It's whatever we feel like. But we're going to try to get some exercise in. Sometimes we just move your mom's entire house for five months. That's all. And then, you know, and you just get your exercise that way. However you get it. I remember we used to take missions trips and on those mission trips, man, we were into bodybuilding. I know you can't tell it, and I, I know I say this a lot, but truly, I was into bodybuilding at one time, big time. And we were worried that when we went to South America, we would not be able to work out. We were trying to figure out what we were going to do. We found these weights, these dumbbells, and you fill them with water. They're not inflatable. You fill them with water, and water is heavy. So we're in the hotel room, and we're all got these water-filled weights, you know. And we're like, we're doing our thing, you know, push-ups and dips between the dresser and the bed. We were just like, yeah, we're not going to be stopped. Exercise wasn't a location or a time. Worship is not a location or a time. If it doesn't work out, that your location or your time that you like, there's other locations and times for you. But worship can be done in any place. It's not confined to this place. Don't wait till Sunday to get your worship on. Get it on tomorrow, too. Get it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Get your worship on any day. Let's talk about this thing that Jesus said, true worship, though. I don't have a lot of time. Romans 12.1 says this. Therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your what kind of worship? True and proper worship. I like this. He gives us a perfect definition. Can't find it anywhere else. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So what is true and proper worship? So I looked in the new Bible dictionary. Pay attention, you three that I gave you Bible study material. Well, you two that I gave you Bible study. And, other, and Zach's already got stuff, okay? You have Bible dictionary, right? In the Bible dictionary, the new Bible dictionary, I read this. Originally referred to, when we're talking about true and proper worship, originally referred to the action of human beings, when we're talking about worship, in expressing homage to God because he's worthy of it. Okay, that's the original. All right, it originally referred to people showing honor to God because he's... Don't, don't you know that God... How many believe God is worthy of our 
worship and our praise. Do you believe that? All right. And so it says it covers such activities as adoration, thanksgiving, prayers of all kinds, the offering of sacrifices, and the making of vows. This includes not only the human approach to God, listen, but it also the communication of God to us, his people. So it's this and this. So when we are doing this, God wants to do this. That's the complete worship experience. It says, and the whole communal activity that takes place when the people gather together religiously. Such activity is the formal expression of spiritual attitudes which should characterize God's people at all times. Now, at the end of that, at all times, that we should be ready to do this because at all times, not just certain seasonal or types, times of the week or, you know, but at all times, God wants us to be doing this and he wants to be doing, hey, listen now, I need to talk to you. I need you to know this. Isn't that good that he wants to do that? We think it's just all this. Our communication to God and God communicating back. Worship, in other words, isn't complete. It isn't proper if it's just this one-way thing. All right? It's not just a one-way thing. It should be happening, the Bible says here, at all, well, this dictionary says at all times. Every day, every moment, every activity, every attitude should be an act of worship. You know, when you're way up in the sky... You're physically closer to the heavens. Do you ever have a moment up there? And you're just looking out over the landscape? I don't know. I just wonder. That's right. But I mean, for me, that perspective, when I'm in a plane flying someplace and before it gets too high, you know, like the jets do, it's an amazing perspective, isn't it? It's like time slows down. You see all these people going, get out of my way. And then you're above that and you don't hear it. And they look like they're going in slow motion. You know, even on the highway going 70 miles an hour. And you're like. "Hmm." So let me ask a question. How can you adore God with your job? How can you be thankful while you're working or you're studying? How can you substitute prayer for worry or for anger? All you mamas out there, you're expert warriors. I know you. How can we turn that into prayer time instead of... (laughs) Dads, some of you with anger things, issues. How can we turn that into, I think I'll pray for that guy. I'd like to go smash his face, but I'm really just going to pray for him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God will help him and help me not smash his face. How can you substitute prayer? How can you offer a sacrifice by showing mercy to others, by sharing what you have, by sharing your time maybe with other people or the things that you have or money, whatever it is. You see, when we, when we convert secular activity into spiritual activity, that's worship. You just worshiped God. You said, no, I just gave that guy $5. No, you didn't. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Could it be that 
God was prompting you to do something like that. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So I don't know about your job. I don't know about your school stuff. I'm sure it's intense at times. I'm sure it doesn't. It stinks at times. It's not what you want or you like. I like my job. I got to create my job. They hired me for one thing, and I was like, there's not enough to do with this. I got to come up with more work or I'm going to lose my job. So I took work from other people. I said, give me that job. You don't want that anyhow. And they were like, you're right. And they gave me those stinky jobs. And now we call it customer service. <laughs> and I show up every day and I go, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to make people happy all day long. I'm going to convert frustration into happiness. I'm going to convert, you know, something, an anger, angry person into somebody who's thankful, who's by the end is going, thank you very much. I appreciate your great attitude. You see, whatever you do, do it like God gave you the thing to do, because I believe he did give me this thing to do. I was not I didn't get hired for that job. But I believe God put me there. And my plan was, I'm going to just do this for a couple of years and then, you know, we'll be pastoring full time. God said, no, it's not going to work that way. I need you to be there doing that while you do this as well. And I was like, OK. And it's been great. You see, how can you convert your secular activity and not look at it as at it separately from your worship activity? I remember I'm going to substitute names because people that. Dry, you know, that live around here, they might know if I use the real names. So there was this lady and I used to drive for Parda for a couple for a year. I drove for Parda, which is the bus company here. And um, I had this client. I'll call her Scary Mary. It's not her. OK, <laughs> but there was another nickname, which I won't use because anybody heard it, they would know who I'm talking about. And so Scary Mary was this person you didn't want to deal with. You did not want her on your bus because the moment she was telling you which roads to go down, which ones were the bumpiest, uh, she was complaining and and everybody was like, oh, you got Scary Mary today, you know, and finally I got Scary Mary and she was pretty scary. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I got her again. And the second time I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat her like she's the queen of England and see what happens. I was, you know, I was just like, what can I do? How can I make this better? Now, tell me what road you don't like. And she just was like, what? And I will tell you, it converted that situation into. I remember she was my last customer. The last day I worked there, she was my last customer. And I did this. I was like. I'm going to miss Scary Mary because she ain't scary no more to me. She became my friend. We talked a lot. She always was the last one I dropped off for whatever reason. And it just changed. I didn't see her the same way anymore. I remember there was this guy. I'll call him Atheist Al. Okay. 
And he saw a book. I, you know, I don't like to tell people I'm a pastor because it ruins everything. I like to be a secret agent because people are just act normal. But when they find out you're a pastor, they're like, oh, I have to clean up. I can't say those words. Whoa, you know. And they just become, they're not genuine anymore. So I just like to like, yeah, I'm just regular guy. You know, just act like you always do. I'm taking notes, but act like you always do. <laughs> I'm telling the big guy, but and so atheist Al, he was working with me, and he saw my book bag and this this book, how to start a church. Can you imagine how to start a church? Because I hadn't started this church yet, and he saw that pop out of my. And he goes, "Hey, what are you a Christian or something?" And I was like, "Yeah, what of it?" And I, I you know, he couldn't really see the subject. I shoved it back in there, and that was it. And little by little, he had to just poke me every now and then, ask me questions. And I always acted like, I don't want to even talk about God. Okay, would you just stop it? I'm here to work. And the more I acted like aggravated that he wanted to talk about God, the more he wanted to talk about God. And he would chase me across the parking lot. And he'd be asking me questions. I'd be going, I have to go pre-check my bus. Okay, leave me alone. Go check your bus. I'm checking mine. It was hysterical. The more I did that, the more atheist out. You know what? Atheist Al, I got to pray with him. I remember coming downtown here and supporting him in a pool tournament one time at a bar. And he stopped the whole thing. He went like that because I can't do that. And I mean, the whole place got quiet at Dominic's. I'll never forget it. You know where Dominic's bar is? And I just wanted to sneak in because, you know, I don't hang out at bars. So I was like, hey, let's just go in and we'll just watch him play and then go. I just want to support him. You know? And he stopped everything. <laughs> and he goes, hey, everybody, this is my friend, Larry and Mary. And they're going to start a church and we're all going to go there. Do you hear that? And everybody went, yeah. And they were raising their beers. Yes, you know. <laughs> and he goes, I'm not drinking tonight. And I go, I don't care if you drink or not. He goes, I'm not drinking tonight. I said, really? Al, I don't care. Whatever you do, do it. He goes, well, I'm not drinking tonight because you're here. I don't respect you. And I go, fine, don't drink then. Don't you dare drink, okay? <laughs> and we are still friends to this day. And he comes in every now and then. You may not notice him, but he comes in, first part of church. And then he freaks out after a little while, and then he leaves, you know. <laughs> but we stay in contact. He's a Denver Broncos fan, so whenever the Cleveland Browns, Play them, you know, we get back on the phone. We can convert secular, separate situations and integrate worship, you see, by being aware that God is there in that moment. I'm going to skip a bunch of stuff here because of the time. I want to go to Matthew 15, 8. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, are far from me. Have you ever known beautiful church people that come to church in a beautiful... I was in the most beautiful sanctuary yesterday in green. This place was amazing. Well, we didn't even go in the sanctuary. We were in the sub-sanctuary. We were in like a chapel that was about six times larger than this. It was beautiful. And I just looked around. I mean, you could put, you could put a church in their foyer. You could put a regular church in your foyer. I was like, man, this is really nice. This is really nice. But you know what? You can go to a place. I'm not saying that's bad. That can be great. 
But if you go and you're all dressed up and you look perfect and great and you're hanging. If your heart. Well, if you're just honoring him with your lips and your hearts are far from him, he's not impressed. You see, so it's not where or how I've known over the years, churches and pastors and people to make a big deal out of how people dress, how they look, where we're meeting. This obviously, you know, between a pizza place and ice cream place doesn't seem normal. But I love coming here because of you and the presence of God when we come together. But this is not my only worship place. This is not my only worship place. I want to worship God wherever. Worship is not a part-time job. Worship is a full-time job. Are you hearing me? It's not a part-time job. We can be 24-7 worshipers because worship is integrated into our purpose. It's integrated into our mind. I want to tell you a story. Years ago, when the billionaire Howard Hughes died, his company's public relations director asked the casinos in Las Vegas, where Hughes owned multiple casinos, to show him respect by giving him a minute of silence. Can you imagine all the casinos at the same time in Las Vegas going silent for one minute? I mean, they're open 24-7, right? And so for an uncomfortable 60 seconds, the casinos fell eerily silent. Then a pit boss looked at his watch and he leaned forward and he whispered, Okay, roll the dice. He's had his minute. Isn't that kind of how sometimes we get? I wonder if sometimes we treat God like those gamblers in Las Vegas treated Howard Hughes. God got my hour. I showed up. I was there at that little church. I was there at that big church. I did it. We go on Saturdays because, you know, whenever you go, it doesn't matter. But we tend to think, okay, God, I got him checked off my list now. I can go on to the other things. Great. It's good that God's at the top of the week, you see. Check that one off, and now we can go do the other things. I wonder if sometimes we treat God like the pit boss and all the others treated Howard Hughes. We interrupt our busy schedules for this once-in-a-week rush into church, and we give God that full hour. And then we forget about him. We forget about him, and we go back to what we'd really like to do. You know what? We can all do that. Preachers can do it. Teachers can do it. Plumbers can do that. Accountants can do that. Everybody can end up doing that. I've seen people, I'm so glad to get to church. Well, I'm glad you're here too. It's just been rough out there this week, you know. I don't work with any Christians. The devil's been chasing me all over the place. And I understand that. And we do need each other. But God is there for you every moment, 24-7. If you do this, if you find a time to do this, even if it's not close your eyes and have music, it's just where you reach out to God, he's going to complete, he's going to complete that cycle. And if we love God, our worship is actually going to be integrated into every single thing that we do. John MacArthur gives this helpful clarification 
at um, I found this online in an article called Messiah the Living Water and he said worship by the way is not music worship is loving God worship is honoring God worship is knowing God for who he is adoring him obeying him proclaiming him as a way of life I think John MacArthur's got it I think he understands worship don't you like Jesus told that Samaritan woman, a new way is coming. A new way is coming, lady. When we gather to worship, where we gather, it's secondary. How and whom we worship is primary. Aren't you glad? That's a long trip to Jerusalem. I'd only get to worship God, maybe never. How am I going to get there? And we often mistakenly think that if we go through all these proper externals of worship, then things are okay between us and God. I've seen people judge other people in church services, whether they do this or not. You know, they don't worship God much. How do you know? How do you know where they worship God? Because they don't do this like you or they don't do this like you? That's not where the worship is, okay? Those are the externals that just come as a result, and that's how my personality reacts. I'm just like, yes, God. Hallelujah. As long as we go to a church building and we go through the weekly rituals, we, we think everything's fine. Well, they go to church every week. Have you heard that one? I'm not saying that's bad, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. I'm just saying that's not how we measure worship. That's not how we do that. We have to deal with God right here on the heart level. We have to repent of our sins of thought and deed. We have to have this like relationship with God is what we have to do. So when Jesus says to this woman, it's not in the externals, that's not what matters. It's the internal that matters, you see. And we have to make it our priority to become true worshipers of God in spirit and in truth. My question is, do you know him? Have you repented of your sins? Are you trying to achieve balance on your own? Got to have enough of each. Are you dealing with the externals? Well, you know, I show up. I'm here. I dress right. I go to the right place. Do you, or do you need to worship him in spirit and in truth? You need to allow God to become the center. Allow him to bring balance to your life. The Bible says a very important thing. Jesus said, seek ye, seek first. What? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. So, Father, I can't even imagine where we're all at. We're all different here. I know where I'm at. I know what my frustrations are in trying to have that balance, have that rhythm in my life. And it's real. It's real. And it probably always is going to be real in my life. But God, I repent. I think of trying to do it my own way. Lord, it's impossible to do it my way. It really is. It's impossible. I cannot live without you. I cannot do things without you. I try to do things and I think this has nothing to do with you. And I go in the flesh and I do it. I just... 
do it with my own common sense and sometimes it works and sometimes it's not really good at all. God, I want you all the time. I want you 24-7. I want you at night. I want you at noon. I want you in the morning. I want you when I'm sleeping, God. I worship you. I praise you, God. I want to live for you every moment of the day, Lord, that, so that I am never separate from you. You said you would never leave me or forsake me, but oftentimes my mind and my heart strays from you incredibly. It has to for me to do some of the evil, some of the disobedient things that I find myself doing. God, I know that work and rest is both ordained by you, but I'm also made to worship you. So God, we we give our lives, our schedules, our everything to you and we worship you, Lord, not only at church, but with our whole heart, our entire life. And I pray, God, you would be glorified in our lives. Lord, let our lives be a witness to the world of your love and your power and your healing. I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Tim, lead us a little bit in that song that we sang earlier. I go to where my heart can seek to find your truth. Your mercy is the
worship. Obedience. Obedience to the Lord. Making Him a part of our daily life. Not separating ourselves. Hey, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, if you're struggling today, there's a situation, your marriage, your finances, your health, I can't tell you what the future of that's going to be. I know somebody who does know the future. But I, I can tell you, in those situations, it's important to worship God. To not lose your way, not lose your place. Worship keeps us focused on God and what His abilities are and not what our situation is. You find that to be true for yourself? Appreciate you all being here. I want to thank those who joined us through streaming and YouTube, Facebook. And um, next week, uh, Kelsey, right over here, is going to be speaking. She does a fantastic job. And uh, she's going to be sharing next week, giving me a little bit break. And um, really appreciate you joining with us. Please, are they still with us? All right, if you wouldn't mind just sharing maybe a link with your friends on Facebook or social media or liking or commenting on the videos. It really helps to get these going places we have no idea and never would imagine. So God bless you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.